0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Todd Talks Bible. This engaging, discipleship-based Bible study is sponsored by Church Discipleship Ministries. And our teacher is Todd Tolls, the founder and director of CDM. A career firefighter captain before entering the ministry, Todd founded Church Discipleship Ministries to equip and empower believers to fulfill your calling to be a spiritual warrior dedicated to fulfilling the Great Commission. Let's listen in now as Todd Talks Bible.
1: Let's talk about dreams and nightmares and the choice every person needs to make one day in their lives. Coming up next. Hi, brothers and sisters. My name is Todd Tolles, and I'm the director of Church Discipleship Ministries. Welcome to our Discipleship program, Todd Talks Bible. Today, we're going to finish our discussion on the seven seals by looking at the seventh seal found in the book of Revelation, chapter 8, verse 1. We've gone through these seals, and if you remember, the last seal was the rapture. And then we talked about the two things that's happening after the rapture. One, a worship celebration of uh, all those who are martyred in the fifth seal up there in heaven. And then second, a group of 144,000 Jewish people that has marked out to share the gospel during the seven-year period of time called Jacob's distress in the Old Testament and that we commonly refer to now as the seven-year period of God's judgment. So let's dive in. Revelation 8 verse 1. When the Lamb broke the seventh seal, there was silence throughout heaven for about half an hour. Now this moment of silence I think, is true in every culture throughout history. Whenever there was a time of mourning, whenever there was a time of deep regret over the death of something or someone or the a disaster of some type, in many cultures, people would just have a moment of silence to reflect on it. And here up in heaven, at this point in time, after the six seals have been cracked, after the rapture, after the 144,000 been marked, and this great worship service has occurred up in heaven, now all of heaven, all the believers that were raptured up, all the church, everyone up in heaven, angels, and God Himself, all of heaven bows their head and stays quiet for about 30 minutes. And I think this is a time of reflection and mourning and seriousness because of the people who must face God's judgment and the impending judgment and more than likely probable death of many people who refuse to turn to Jesus. In the book of Proverbs, there's a passage that I think applies to this situation in a very real sense, something that we too should reflect on, something that we need to take a moment of silence and reflect on individually. Proverbs 11.23 reads as the following, The godly can look forward to happiness, while the wicked can expect only wrath. You see, that's what's fixing to happen. After the seventh seal, they, the book of Revelation enters into the new period, the middle part, where we say in our outline, the middle is the day, the day of the Lord, and judgment is coming for all those who refuse to believe on Jesus. And there's this dichotomy here that's been going on throughout the Bible, but it's been drawn in a very crystal clear situation in the book of Revelation. The true believers and those who don't believe, whether they are part of a false religion or part of a worldwide government, doesn't matter. Whatever their philosophy is, whatever their point of view is, it does not allow them to believe in Jesus and they have never taken him as their savior. So there's this dichotomy between the two groups, the true believers and the unbelievers. And we see that in a huge way at the sixth seal, the rapture. On one hand, like we talked about last week, we see people rejoicing because Jesus came for them, and they were caught up in the sky, and then they're up in heaven rejoicing, worshiping the Lamb. But on the other hand, John sees what happens afterwards on earth. People, when they see the sign of the Son of Man coming in the sky, they cry out, mountains, oh rocks, fall on us, destroy us, hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. You see, everything about the life that we lead comes down to a choice. And the choice is simply a dream or a nightmare. If you've noticed the title of this series, it's not just called Revelation. It's called Revelation, Dreams or Nightmares. And the reason is because there is the end conclusion of everything that's in the Bible and everything that we know in life happens in the book of Revelation, and it sums up the choice, a dream or a nightmare. You see, those who believe in Jesus have life, life eternal, and their whole existence on here is full of joy. They may go through bad times. Sure, we all do. But we have this undying joy and many of us can reflect back and say how much God blessed us. And even if we go through very, very dark days, we know and we can feel the Lord's love and presence in our life. And it is like a sweet dream. But those who reject Christ, after the rapture, they are faced with a nightmare. You see, before the rapture, now, Up until the moment of the rapture, right now, we still have a choice. You can choose between having a dream life or a nightmare life. Between a dream or a nightmare. But after the rapture, there is no choice. All that's left is the nightmare. Or like Proverbs says, you can expect only wrath. I don't want that for you. Now, I know most of y'all are believers that follow this study. But maybe some of y'all are coming across it uh, late at night when you're surfing YouTube or happen to hear a podcast. Or maybe a loved one's asked you to listen to it and you're not a believer. Then I want you to listen very carefully. You see, we all know friends, we all have loved ones who don't know Jesus. So I want you to think about them, and I want you to try and get them to listen to this truth. And if you're um, one of my friends or loved ones, and you're listening to this, please listen to me. You've got to understand, you are faced with the choice now of the dream or the nightmare. And I want you to choose the dream. I want you to choose life, not death. That's the choice we all must face. If we go God's way, we choose life. Moses said that in the book of Deuteronomy, that he sets before everybody a choice between life or death. And just like Moses prayed, I pray that you will choose life. The dream, and not choose to stay in spiritual death and end up in the nightmare. I don't want that for you. You see, you've got to understand that this study in Revelation is talking about the culmination of a spiritual war that happened from the very beginning. And I want to sum up this story for you very quickly, but I want you to listen very carefully because the choice is real. What I'm saying is real. It is happening now before our very eyes. And you must choose between dream or nightmare. The first thing you must know and understand is that God is a God of love. And he created everything we see. And he created you and he created me. He created all of us and he created us so that we would be with him forever because he loves us. He loves his creation. But somewhere back in ancient history, an angel that we commonly call Lucifer and the Bible refers to as Satan, the enemy. This angel was very high up and he decided he was not satisfied that he wanted to usurp God's authority. He wanted to overthrow God and place himself on the throne. And in many passages in the Bible, it refers to this, this uh, rebellion of Satan. And in one place, it relates to an earthly king who had the same problem of this pride. And it it says, you're like Lucifer, the day star. You're like saying, I will be like the most high. And that's what Lucifer was doing. He rebelled and wanted to be God himself. And he came down to creation. And his one goal was to destroy everything that God had created. And he knew the best way to destroy it was to kill us spiritually. But the only way that could happen is if we chose death, because everyone has a choice between life or death, dream or nightmare. And so there in the garden, he started making Adam and Eve question what God had said. And he said, is it true that you can't eat of any fruit in this garden? And They said, well, no, 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 just the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God says, if we eat with that, we'll die. And Satan immediately came back and said, he lies. That he's lying to you because he doesn't want you to become like him. If you eat the knowledge of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will become like me. You will know all things. You can become your own God. You can be like him. And they fell for and they ate of the tree. They rebelled against God. You see, they put their own will before God. And when they did that, seeking to become their own God, we have been cursed with death ever since. You see, even today, we have this same desire. We call it humanism, thinking that we will evolve to the point where we become like God. And it's just not true. And what we ended up with when we rebelled against God is that we found out that we died spiritually and we were separated from God. You see, what we did when we said, I'm going to go my way instead of your way, God. I'm going to go my will instead of yours. What we were saying basically is, we don't want to follow you. We reject you. We're going our way. And whenever you go your way, whenever you, uh, insist on your will over God's will, the Bible calls that sin. Whenever you go your way over God's way, it's sin. And sin separates us from God. And deep down we know this. When we get angry at someone, we feel it on the inside, this, this darkness, this emptiness. And every sin we do, whether it be just what we consider little sins like lying, which God really abhors, by the way, or bigger sins like adultery, and and maybe many have even stolen or killed or done things they can't even talk about to people. Well, those things we do are rebellion against God, and it's called sin and it separates us from god and deep down we feel this darkness and we know we're not right on the inside and so we try and fix it we try and fix it ourselves we say well i'll come up with a philosophy and i i think Spirituality is important. I'm a spiritual person. And so we develop our own religions. Some of us may use meditation. Some of us may use uh, false religions. But we define God in our own way. And we say, okay, we'll have to admit that there is some kind of spiritual thing that we're dead to. So we're gonna create our own God now. And then we start doing things to please this philosophy or this fake God we've created. We act good. We make sure we're nice, which is not bad, but it doesn't save you. And then we maybe give lots of money to charity. And we do all these things to signal our virtue. But we need to remember that sin always brings death. And good deeds can't make you alive again. Good deeds cannot take away your sin. It is a disease. It is within you, and you are dead spiritually. And good deeds won't do a thing. See, the Bible says, for by grace you are saved through faith. See, God's grace, his loyal, loving kindness, that's the reason you can be saved. For by his grace, his loyal, loving kindness, his grace, you can be saved. Not and through faith, you are saved through faith. And not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone boast. In other words, they're saying God says you can't work your way to heaven because that's the same problem. You're saying, I'm so good. I have evolved. I can work my way to heaven and I can become holy like you, God. I can can become like God on my own effort. And that doesn't work because that's basically the same thing Adam and Eve were doing. Sins can never be removed by our good deeds. So we have this disease called sin and it's killed us. And there's only one way we can be saved. And I'll say that verse again, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that, not of yourselves, is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So, how do we get this free gift of salvation? Well, you got to understand how God won the war, this spiritual war. See, Satan succeeded in what he wanted, he destroyed everything God created. Because when we sinned, it says all of creation fell and died and is moaning and groaning now and slowly and surely corrupting and, and, and just falling apart. And we know this. So how did God fix it? Well, God himself came and walked the earth. See, Jesus is God. And he came and walked on this earth, and He's told the truth, about what was going on, and he explained God's plan to save us, and that involved with someone paying the price of our sins. You see, every sin comes with a price of death. I told you, Adam and Eve died because of their sin. Every sin brings death. Well, Jesus died on the cross to pay for our death. You see you even have to you either have to pay for your own sins by one day dying and spending eternity in hell a spiritual death forever or you let God himself Jesus the son of God God in flesh you let him pay for it and so he died on the cross he was perfect he was God he didn't he, he didn't do any sin And he died on the cross. And when he was on that cross, the father poured out all our sins on him. And he died and he suffered and he paid the price for my sins and your sins. For everyone's sins. And then three days later, he he was crucified on Friday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days later, God raised him up from the dead, and Jesus arose, and it proves that that payment was enough. And so by paying the price for our sins, he saved us, and he allows us to have eternal life, to be born again in our spirit, to become alive again in our spirit. And that is how Jesus brought victory, and defeated Satan's plan. So how do you have the salvation? How can you obtain it? If you can't work your way, how does it work? How do you get it? How does this plan work about God? Saving us like this. Well, this is how. It goes back to faith. You see, the word faith means you believe in something. It's a Greek word called pistis, and it means that you believe in something to the point that you live it. The uh, Hebrews in the Old Testament believed that faith was in the heart, but it showed up in the hands. In other words, it's what you believed. It was the center of your life in your spirit. It is what you followed as your belief system, but it was real only if it showed up in what you did. And that's what God remains by faith. You see, to have this free gift of salvation, you need to believe in God. And you need to believe what he says, how he sent Jesus, how he walked on this earth. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, it's the Trinity. And I know it gets confusing, but Jesus came on earth. He is God. And he paid the price for our sins. And you need to believe that. In here where it really counts. As a kid, we used to call it really, really believe. But you need to believe it in your heart where it really counts. And then it will show it by you following Jesus from then on, where he is your Lord. You believe in him and you it changes you. You become born again. And he comes to live within you. And then you follow him. And you live for him. In Romans ten nine, it says it this way. For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You see, the confession, it's not like going to a priest. We've already told you that's all wrong. That's that Nicolaitanism, that false teaching. The confession is with God. Most people call this a prayer. Most people, when they get saved, they pray their first prayer and they say something to God. And basically saying, look, I'm going to follow you. That's what this confession means. It says you confess with your mouth that he is Lord. The word Lord means boss. It means king of your life. And so you're saying, Jesus, I will follow you. God, I will follow you. Instead of being like Satan and Adam and Eve and all of us going our own way and and going against God, you're going to turn around, you're going to do an about face and go God's way. You're going to allow him to have control of your life. That's the very thing Satan refused to do. It's the very thing that Adam and Eve refused to do. And we have been stuck with it all our lives. Most people refuse to let God have control of their life, to let him be their Lord. So if you want the free gift of salvation, the first thing you must do is confess with mouth, Jesus, I want you to be my boss, my king. I will follow you forever. And the second thing is, it says you must believe. And this is that faith. It means you really believe it. And it shows out by the way you live it. But you must believe that God raised him from the dead. In other words, you must believe everything I said, that Jesus came and died on the cross and paid the price for your sins. And you must believe that. That must be your belief system. It must be a knowledge that you live by. And that he raised him from the dead on the third day to prove that payment was enough. When you really believe that and you follow Jesus as your king, then you are saved. That's what it says. For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And see, it all comes down to your choice. This is something that won't happen to you. It's it's something that you must do. You must choose to follow Jesus. You must go to him and, and have him save you. You must put your faith in him not in your own way. You know, when I was a kid, I was eight years old, and I heard this truth. It's what we call the gospel. I heard this story, and I realized I wasn't saved. And I I, I went up there to big church after I heard it. My Sunday school teacher told me about this. I went up to big church. I was sitting there in the pew while all the adults were talking and waiting for church to start. And there I bowed my head. And I just said this simple prayer. And it doesn't matter what you say. It's not a magic incantation. Just be real and talk to God. But I just talked to him and I said, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've done bad things. And I know now I'm not going to heaven. No matter how good of a boy I think I am, I can't go to heaven except for you. Please forgive me of my sins. Save me, and I promise I will follow you for the rest of my life as my king. And when I prayed that prayer, I meant it. And when I uh, got through, I felt the presence of God come into my life. And I knew from that moment on I was saved because I felt the presence of God in my life. Now, I want to tell you something. There's a lot of people out there that will just say, oh, that's wrong. Or, uh, you know, you're crazy. Well, it's true. That's all I can tell you. And then there's some people, and these are the ones I feel the most sorry for. They say, well, that's okay for you. Well, you know, that's your religion. But the religion I've made, the God I made, works this way. I want to tell you something. That's silly. I mean, it doesn't change the truth just because you pretend to have a different version uh, and, and a different God. Let me give you an example. I may walk around and pretend that the sky is green. I may walk around and tell everybody that the sky is green. But that doesn't change the truth. The sky is blue. I may walk around all over the place and tell people that I can fly under my own power, that I can fly. But that doesn't change the reality. That doesn't change the truth. If I was to jump off a tall building, the law, the truth of gravity would prove I can't fly. So it doesn't matter what you believe or what you choose to think is true. What matters is the truth. And this is the truth. If you want salvation, if you want this dream world like I talked about, if you want life, then you must go God's way. You must believe in him, in his truth. You can't just create your own God. That's not real. You can't just create your own truth. That's not truth. That's a lie. And that's what Satan wants you to do. For he's the father of all lies. But there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. Jesus. I'm telling you, it's true. And as I've studied this Bible for 50 years as a believer, I've not found one thing it doesn't talk about, and I haven't found one real error. There's a lot of people that want to point out errors, but they're not real errors. Sometimes a a printer may print a word wrong in the Bible, and they have to go back and reprint it. That's not a mistake of God. That's man's mistake. But when you look at the original manuscripts, and and we have a very faithful translations of the Bible in America now. There's a lot of good ones. They're accurate. And you can put your trust in it. And it tells you the truth. And I'm telling you from experience, I know God is real. And I know this is true. And I'm telling you what I've learned in the book of Revelation, what I'm teaching you is happening now. So I'm begging you, let Jesus into your life. Pray a simple prayer like I did. Ask him to save you and follow him. Because when you do, you'll know it's real too. Because from the moment you believe in Jesus, you feel his presence come within you and you know you have eternal life because you know what it felt like to be dead and empty and dark on the inside and now you know what it feels like to be born again alive and full of his light and joy on the inside and that never goes away and it's real and i want that for you my friends my loved ones so please Turn to Jesus now while there's time. You see, we're all given that choice between life and death, just like Moses said in the book of Deuteronomy. And just like Paul said in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord, our King. So you have that choice. And in the book of Revelation, we see that choice come crystal clear. For those of us who believe in Jesus, those events will be like a dream. And one day we will wake up in heaven, having been raptured, and we will worship and praise him and see the king face to face. But for those who reject Jesus, the events of this book of Revelation, after the rapture, there is no more dream. You have to live the nightmare. It's your choice. A dream or a nightmare. Life or death. I pray you'll choose life. Now, normally I I don't close with prayer because I think sometimes people who pray on TV, it it, it looks self-righteous. I don't want to be that way but you know something, I really want to pray now. I want to pray for my friends and my loved ones who need to come to Jesus. So I'm going to pray. I want you to pray with me, and then we'll close. Father, I pray, Lord, that anybody who hears this truth will realize they're faced with a choice. Please give them the courage, the guts to choose life, to choose to live the dream of this vision not the nightmare. Father, I pray for my friends that they will have their minds cleared from these false teachings and philosophies that they've been filled with from the world, from the enemy. Give them clarity and let them see the truth so that they will turn to you and be saved. I pray for my loved ones, Lord. You know who they are. I want them to come back to you and believe in you. And I pray for anyone who's hearing this that they too will get saved. Father, give them the courage just to pray a simple prayer like I did, you know, something like, "God, please forgive me, save me, and I'll let you be my king. I'll follow you as my king forever." Something like that, Lord, and let it be real. Let them come to you before it's too late. Thank you, Lord, for saving us, and thank you for giving us your word to know how, to, so we know how to live, and. Lord, thank you for the book of Revelation that warns us of what's coming. In your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please choose to live the dream. Don't get stuck in the nightmare. Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky
0: and read your Bible. Thank you for listening to Todd Talks Bible, sponsored by Church Discipleship Ministries. For more information, please visit churchdiscipleshipministries.com or check today's show notes for the link. Our teachings are also available on YouTube. Simply search for Todd Talks Bible. I'm Brian Race, encouraging you to subscribe to this podcast so you'll never miss an episode. Also consider sharing this timely teaching with someone you believe needs to hear it. Until next time, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.